Welcome to the High Creativity Podcast. We are the podcast formerly known as the No Name Podcast. I am Jay, Uncle Juju St. Paul. I am Ish. And I am C. Stats. We upload the video versions on YouTube, which you can find on the I Am Hip Hop Magazine YouTube channel. Easiest way to search for us on YouTube is to type I Am Hip Hop, all one word, Space Magazine. Yeah, I said space, then magazine. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and click that notification bell as we post weekly, and it really helps with the algorithms. We hope you enjoy the show. Peace, love, and all that good stuff. All that good mm. stuff. All that good stuff. And that's the reason why I usually go for abbreviations, or I might just, just yeah. drop it as Miss Sheriff because it just seems, you know, just no, no, you evil. can do Isata. Isata, I'm trying uh, to teach people how to say my name. So Isata, that's the Isata. Brilliant. Yeah. And do you know what? I think that is quite good because education, you need it, need it, need it. Yeah, and yeah. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with another episode of the High Creativity Podcast. You're tuned in, locked into the one and only Jay, Uncle Juju, Sick Paul. And who do I have in the building with me today? You got Ish, and that's all you get from me from now, right now. <laughs> I sat We need a bouncing ball. We need a bouncing ball on the screen with that. Like, we were I just sat me telling them how to say my name that was what that was about yeah. <laughs> i thought i helped them out i could see you trying to bounce it to it's each other it. like he's gonna say it don't worry i say it. I so, he you take go. the lead all the time so i was just waiting for him yeah well yeah <laughs> i'm happy i'm <laughs> happy this time i decided to be polite <laughs> i decided to be guard. you're the point guard of the podcast man you, this you direct everything so this this is also very true but it's a team effort as it goes yeah. in regards anyway so where it's been an interesting one and we've got an absolutely amazing artist that's with us in the building today an absolutely killer female mc uh multi-talented teachers so mm. spreading her knowledge uh just seems to be like a good soul and also a producer mm. as well so i don't know if you could really ask for more of a um, is but I want to say threat because it just sounds as it does threaten him. But I think we'll call we'll call us we'll call it we'll call a hot dog a hot dog. We'll call it what it is in this instance to say yeah, yeah she is she's an absolute threat and an absolute beast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. This yeah, thanks afternoon. for having me and thanks for that intro. Yeah. <laughs> Where is I'm she? <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. a mirror in the background i saw so all you'd have to do is yeah, rotate yeah. and you'll see who i'm yeah, talking yeah. about i <laughs> know oh, it took me to get this angle so <laughs> <laughs> it's like trying to we were saying on the other pod as well like how how can we get our instagram angles for the podcast straight you know where can we add our yeah, little filters yeah. and such <laughs> oh, man. It's, 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 it's hard work it's hard work all right so just yeah it's we... good to be here man Thank you. And it's good, like I said, we just thank you very much for joining us out of your very busy, busy sorry, should we say, schedule as well. Yeah. Uh, so um, before we walk on, that's a bit of a weird flashing thing that hasn't happened before. Yeah, that's that's a bit weird. I was trying yeah. to do our announcements and such. Oh, please don't be funny today. See, so guys, this is the life of an actual online podcast. Things just don't seem to want to work when they should be working. So we will try this one more time. Hopefully, fingers crossed, you're not going to be 
Yay! It worked. See, once if it doesn't work, try, try again. Finally, finally. <laughs> so, as per usual, ladies and gentlemen, just giving our usual announcements, shout outs, and plugins. Make sure to check out the I am hip hop magazine.com website for all your latest on hip hop interviews, articles, music. You can even check out the original I am hip hop podcast that we did over on the Global Faction channel. Or you're here with us right now with the new in collaboration or powered by I am hip hop high creativity podcast. You can also go copy yourself a physical copy of the I am hip hop magazine that I designed from front to back. Yes, I did all of that and then was provided by oh, amazing yeah. articles. Yeah. <laughs> so from the from back to front, um, obviously, I didn't write all the articles. I'm going to give the credit where credit's due with that, but did did the whole layout from back to front. And that was my first my first attempt at it as well. And I have to say, very heavily impressed. Um, but also, yeah, so you can get your um, your copy for £2.50 plus a £2 delivery charge if you're here in the UK. I process all the orders. So as soon as they come in, we ship them out to yourselves. And if you want a digital copy, you can jump back up on the I Am Hip Hop Magazine website and the links will be on there as well as the I Am Hip Hop Magazine Instagram account. So yeah, you can find us yeah. all there if you need your digitals, if you're international. Um, or you can copy yourself some I Am Hip Hop merch as well. We've got the crop tops, we've got the t-shirts, we've got the hoodies, we've got the, you know, mama didn't raise no fool to just the I Am Hip Hop. And yeah, so what you guys waiting for man like cop yourself some merch it helps us because we literally do this off our own accord because we love the game on to the next bit loud bass one go subscribe on the mixlr which is an actual digital uh or internet based radio app we play completely uncensored music some cases we do and we're also looking for people to fill in our slots as well we've got three hours a day it can either be a pre-record or you can actually just um come and join in with us live as well and i play every sunday and i'm always trying to play new and breaking music so you better believe that it's a task music will be being spun from this sunday onwards as well and if you haven't managed to catch us live then go jump onto the mixcloud.com forward slash i am hip hop magazine to then go mm. and listen back to all of those shows and you can hear me being me and finally before we crack on with this amazing interview metro fest have you got your ticket I saw yet? This. yeah i saw this yeah this looks so dope yeah, and well, I'm also DJing there on the flavor of the month, Uncle Juju, right here, baby. So I'm gonna be there rocking it out with all of these people. Like, first of all, this lineup is absolutely insane. And from, is, what I'm yeah. aware, and from what I'm aware of, it's the first official hip hop and RB festival for when we finally get let out of our cages or metaphorical cages. I won't trigger nobody, that's not my job. Here. Did I see skinny, skinny on it as well, or did I just yeah. imagine that? No, so yeah, Tony, Tony Touch and Skinny Man's gonna be oh, on yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. the month. Um, we've also got um, Fat Man Scoop is hosting the Capital Extra Reloaded tent. We've got a comedy shack where you've got Richard Blackwood turning my up. We've got Ciggy, Cap my dog. Yeah. There we go. See, I don't see, I forget that she knows these people. Cat Slim, Kane <laughs> Brown, Bizzle. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be up in there. Um, we've yeah. got um Marsh Mar was it uh, Mars Marsh Wayne or Marsh yeah. Wayne? I don't know how, how many his name. Big. <laughs> there you go. Um Horace Brown. Barry Hotness. Yeah, I might just let you take it because you yeah, you this see, <laughs> no, no, you, no, this no, no, no. Oh, I'm so sorry. You are saying I'm literally just seeing no, people no, I know, no, and I'm like, yeah, I know, but that's why it works. You see, so look, that's so we think I'm out here hyping this as a joke. No, no. Terry Walker, look, come on, this is mad. Firing and then we got the squad, yeah. yeah, firing squad was a big surprise for me. I was like, wow, okay, that's just come out of literally nowhere. And then you got even Skibbity <laughs> turning up. 
in the Jungle Mania tent. I mean, and they, oh my gosh, Ragga twins. No, this is mad. Yes, it is. Ah, so, is, yeah, 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 yeah. So, if, if you haven't done it already, go cop yourself a ticket. If I get enough comps and you're available, I will happily try and hook you up as well. There, um, it's no problem. Uh, um, and nothing yeah, off of my I said, tell you, get it wrong. I said, yeah, I, um, yeah, no worries, it's good because we know when I switch you, I'm correcting everybody else, so they they kind of get it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is you know. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. This is, this is a, that, and then tar. I sat tar. I sat tar. Yeah. I sat. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, <laughs> this that's is gonna it. be a fun. This is gonna be a fun one. Right. So other than me catching foot and mouth syndrome, as well per usual, yeah. quite a lot of these. That's, that's, right. that's right. That's right. <laughs> Let's rock bro, on with it's you. All, bro, it's all good, bro. We all need our Sesame Street moment. It's all good, man. It's all about. <laughs> See, when you said a Sesame Street thing, that just reminded me of the Dave Chappelle skits. You know, you know, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, like the cow so being the cow. When's that festival? Sorry to cut you guys. When was that um, festival again? It's August the 8th, I believe it is. Hold on. Let me double check. I can boil it down. I'll just boil yeah, it no, down. no, it's fine. You can tell me after. I just, I just, in my head, I was like, when is it? Yeah. Uh, here we are. Anytime, yeah, Sunday the 8th of August 2021. So it's gonna right. be one jam pack full of a day. I'm over. I'm I, I need the to thing get, is to gonna, get for that man 100 so it's just and also hopefully be able to catch you behind the scenes in that all access business, you know. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> I, but the thing is, even when I'm thinking about the festival itself, I'm like, because it's like so much in a day, it's like I because I'm DJing, performing as well, and I want to be networking, get a few, try to get as many of these yeah. heads on the podcast as well, hear their fantastic yeah. stories and, you yeah. know, all the things that they've contributed. But it's like, I want to go see, I definitely want to go to the comedy tent, but then there's so many perform performances and acts that I want to see as mm. well. So it's like, mm. I'm going to have, I'm going to have to literally really plan this, yeah, <laughs> like, you know. real hard. <laughs> you know, like when yeah, you used to yeah. plan, like, a day in the, um, yeah, in well, the theme park. Like in yeah. yeah, there you go, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, oh, man. That brings back some memories, though. Chesington, Alton Towers. Yeah. Oh, the good old days. All right. Anywho. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's rock on with the main event. Yes. Yeah. So I always like to get to know a little bit more about the people I interview also for the people that do watch this at this time. So what was life growing up for you like? Let's start there. Uh, I think like it was really mixed. So, like I say to people, it was really mixed in terms of um, Stepney, East London, um, really a, you know, just on the edge of the city, um, lots of different cultures and ethnicities. Um, and there was, you know, it was, it is the poorest borough in the country. Um, and so um, it's kind of like in London, pardon me. And it's, um, yeah, and so I guess you don't realise that growing up. So but music and sport was kind of a big thing. There. And people did other things, do you know what I mean? But in terms of on a social level, you hung out on the street, you, you know, that caught, developed into certain people getting, you know, there was like one of my friends got had decks in his real house and then some everybody emceed. So, yeah, it was kind of, um, for us, it was really normal. But obviously when you, you know, you grow up and you realise that, you really didn't have any extracurricular things to do. Um, and, you know, the most accessible thing was making music um and playing sport which I did both um and I, I was thinking about this yesterday I was like you know I, I I used to play and I mean I 
when I get time, I play football now, but I used to play football quite a lot. And actually, it wasn't a me thing, just a me thing. Because I always say, because people are like, wow, because I actually used to play for Arsenal girls and Tottenham ladies, you know what I mean? And like, um, and I rap people like, wow, you do so many things. But when I thought about it, like it was, when I think about my friends, all the girls played football, do you know what I mean? Because it was what you did in the estate. You know, it wasn't just the boys there and the girls waiting. We were all, we all played a group match. And so when I think about a lot of people, you know, who are my friends today in, in their own lives, you you know, all of us played football. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't a boy sport. It was a, what are we going to play? Let's all play football. <laughs> and um, and it developed into, you know, some people going into teams, some people didn't. But even the ones that didn't go into teams, they could still play football. Um and yeah and so it's very sport music based um i'm the youngest of seven so a lot of siblings um and i was like the uh i mean again i started like doing like jungle because it was you know community center based and stuff like that in youth centers and then kind of moved on to garage um and would be on like a we used to because we were quite young we used to have our friends um our friendly's neighbor used to drive us to North London to be on Mission FM. So we had like a pirate, but we were like graveyard ship because we were like kids, do you know what I mean? So, you know, they couldn't give us any primetime business, but we were just happy, do you know what I mean, that we were on radio, um, pirate radio. And so then that, um, you know, and then the, I guess, the grime thing um, was happening all in that period, and I and I, but I, I think everybody listened to hip hop still, whether you did jungle or drum and bass or, do you know what I mean? Not drum and bass, it wasn't that. It was jungle and um, <laughs> garage. Um, MC that you, everybody still kind of had hip hop bars as well, and I just took the hip hop route a bit more. It's probably influenced by my school friends as well because I was in like a a, a, a band in school band like I'm like maybe only only person who played instrument was a drummer, but you know we played <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, but we were called DNA Dynamic Notorious Attitudes, you know, and they and you know they were um <laughs> you know just such a school name, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, and I think they. It probably influenced me quite a lot in terms to go to the rapping because the boys were into Bastar and all the rest of it. And um, rest in peace, um, who one of our friends from that band passed away, you know, um, in the last few months. So it's kind of sad, well, really sad. But um, yeah, so I think from that influence from DNA, I kind of took the hip hop route, but was the hip hop MC in within the garage and grime development and of that that's cultural scene so I went you know even in our school I went to school with J2K who was in Roll Deep um, and he always rapped he never did garage uh, you know I'm not saying he didn't but his thing was rap which is why his heat in the street you could hear he was you know he did he, he you know he wrote he lived in Bow so he and his friends were Wiley and all those guys so he'd be you know he could deal with garage. all of us we could all spit on Graham but we, some of us just chose which we lean to a bit more um so I could I used to do one or two grime tunes here and there because they were my friends but my probably being influenced by my class in my school friends we uh, I lent lean towards the hip hop and not really as well and, and my brothers and sisters being the youngest you know they were not of the grime movement well you know they listened to garage but they were too old for that. Do you know what I mean? So they listened to hip hop and stuff like that and R&B. And so I, you know, probably leaned a lot to that because they were my old, you know, you listen to what your siblings are listening to as well. So I had a, a real 
creatively uh, a mix a real good mix creatively and then um i did some things like a bit later on where we collaborated with uh, we did a thing called urban classic um and we uh we it was with the bbc concert orchestra and um hip-hop and grab mcs when i think about it i probably was the only rapper actually in it the rest was like bruiser purple um pace so yeah they were mainly grab mcs but i was again the hip-hop mc amongst all of them and then but then that helped me to forge some quite long good relationships with classical musicians how and also i was a steward um at the royal Albert hall you know just while i was you know for extra money and stuff like that um and i made friends with a lot of the ush a lot of the ushers um the stewards sorry they a lot of them were co students at the royal college of music which was opposite so then obviously a lot of them you know now kind of work in the classical field and we still talk and collaborate so real mixed bag really um and then obviously through teaching collaborating with a lot a lot of um other musicians who also teach and um you know now lecturing the same thing a lot of people who lecture um you know depending on what course it is they have a background in music so yeah it's just it's it's a bit of a mix um definitely grew up in sort of ends <laughs> but uh, not far <laughs> yeah. right. additionally there were other things that see culturally like i grew up in a very you know you can hear from the way i'm speaking and i'm probably the least cockney person of, from who i've grown up with and people say oh you're really cockney and i'm like oh my gosh you should meet some of the people i grew up with and some of my brothers like i'm the least because I, I went to college in essex even though that's quite cockney but it's not as you know what i mean i, I I, I travelled around from quite young, so my Cockney accent is quite diluted compared to, you know, a lot of the people I grew up with. I, I, I did a little short video um, that you can check out on IGTV. I dropped it yesterday, and you'll see that is how everyone around me speaks. So, it, and like I say, it's very Tower Hamlets got a, you know a big Bangladeshi community, um, and which you know is really great for me, really enriched me. Obviously, I had my African upbringing. And then, uh, you know, it's very, um, you know, white, European, Irish, or, you know, so it's really culturally quite mixed and that's kind of informed everything I do. And I'm kind of putting that quite heavily into my little projects at the minute, because why not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I definitely hear that influence in your music and it's, it's dope. Um, yeah. But I want to go back to, playing football in the states that's soccer no it's football, yeah. it's football. And, and girls play a lot in the states that it's quite normal for them right yeah play soccer but i this is just my dispute to him i always have to no it's called football yeah. bro yes yeah, it's, it's not called soccer no no it should just I, be called I, football. I don't mind I, you know, <laughs> right. we, we won't debate to the end of the day but going back to playing football uh <laughs> talk about some of your idols growing up football player wise like that you looked up to that you had like posters of yeah i mean it's a typical because i'm you know i don't i'm an arsenal fan so uh, you know you know no beef out here to everyone that's listening keep your football opinions at the door you know so you know you had the um you know ian wright because he was you know he was you know from southeast but he sounded like my big brothers and you know what i mean and um you know so and then you had the i mean i don't like to big up this man now because he's a right 
sex pest, but Ryan Giggs. I, I had pictures of Ryan Giggs all over. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Did you have the sumble? Did you have the Ryan Giggs sumble by any chance? You remember that? I'm not sure. No, uh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't have that. Ah, okay. But I had posters of him all over my room, and, and you know, and then you know, obviously the Eric Cantona's and you know the, all the all the big players, but obviously mainly the Arsenal players. You know, Thierry Henry. You know, <laughs> you know, and and. There's the girl thing as well, like the good looking ones, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> they serve two purposes here, just so you understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, the I guess the iconic one was Ian Wright, you know. Mm. And yeah, still is as well. I mean, he's still such a um well known yeah, big, yeah. um yeah. person and obviously pundit and yeah, man, he's just been he just it's hard not to look at him. And also for us here, Ian Wright, right, right. I mean, we grew up during yeah, yeah. all of those chants and everything. But um, going back to when you mentioned, um, you know, being the young, if you said it's the youngest of seven, yeah. what what was what sibling life like? For anyone who has siblings, <laughs> like to know that there's six above you, woy. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, drama, always drama. Because it's Tower Hamlets, isn't it? And it's such a, like, you know, it was like amazing because there was some really funny memories. But it was also like quite a lot trauma traumatic as well because if we, you know, lived in this area is really dysfunctional. Like don't get me I loved growing up in Tower Hamlets, but with the poverty and deprivation, you know, there's a there's a lot of issues. And so, you know, you kind of um there it went from really great to sometimes there just being really a lot of drama, you know what I mean? Um that in that from one angle. The other angle is um I, I got I was introduced to quite a lot at quite a young age um, and that was positive and negative but the good thing is like musically it enriched me a lot um socially it enriched me quite a lot helped me to navigate a lot because you know you see things and you see how they pan out and you know as the youngest you get to be like I mean that's not always the way that a young person goes but you do sort of learn from your elder siblings choices whether they're good or bad you know and that's not that's not exclusively how it works but yeah like I felt like I learned a lot through watching I was a watcher and I was a bit and I had because they were like older than me I was like the and I was quite small for my age so I was just like go away you know what I mean so I kind of <laughs> had my own friends you know what I, mean? <laughs> I kind of had my own friends like, but trying to run behind them and go places I was just like no so you know I had my own friends and my own group and because I was just that annoying little sister, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, but it, the best thing is I had, I mean, I was dressed so well until obviously they all grew up, moved out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, you know, I had all their hand-me-downs. Hand you know, it's like, but you know, it's like in, you know, in sort of areas that are struggling and young people, they fight to um feel worth something. They fight to feel like, you know, I've got good clothes and there's food in my cupboard and you know what I mean? So I remember even silly things like people be like, oh, I saw so-and-so's mum coming back from Sainsbury's and someone saying, how many bags did she have? Because that meant sort yeah. of a clout. And I was like, what? You know, even even then in my head, I was thinking, oh my gosh, so is that what they think when my mum walked past with a bag? How many bags has she got? You know, have they got enough food in their house? And so there is that, there was that everybody has you know as soon as you're 17 you have to get your provisional and get a car and you know so in that sense because that is the way you know I was driving really young uh you know I I had really nice clothes but they were mainly because of my brothers and sisters handing me down stuff and or, or buying me stuff you know what I mean so it was it was it was 
for me, I feel like a lot of the things like that I do is a reflection of the household that I grew up in, the things that I saw, the things that I learned. Um, my, you know, my there are a lot of there's a lot of talented people in my family as well, not necessarily musically, but um, think thinkers wise, you know, um, you know, there are yeah, they write books and you know my, one of my sisters works in science and you know what I mean but you know my dad's uh you know an academic so it's um you know so there there was a lot for me to take you know what I mean mm. but not in a conventional way we wasn't it wasn't in a way that it was like maybe someone it was they did it for themselves do you know what I mean it wasn't formal as such that makes sense yeah 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 it definitely, definitely, definitely does. And so, and because you also mentioned as well, um, well, you already mentioned being, you know, loving Arsenal. What was that feeling like to actually be playing for the Arsenal's, um, for the Arsenal team, or well, for the women's, you know, younger Arsenal division? That must have been like a real, real something, something. Yeah, I think for me, it was quite, I didn't realise what it was because what happened, it happened was I used to play for a team called Lambhouse Ladies and there was a guy called Edwin and he used to um, just, because there was nothing to do really so he set up a girls team um in in just in the local um field we call it fields it's one field and it had an astroturf and he had a girls team and my sister used to go so obviously you can see like i'm you know i'm taking off of my older siblings so i just went along with my sister and um you know because there was as i said to you because there were so many girls that played football because we played football because there wasn't you know there wasn't much to do outside of school mm. so then that made a whole you know area of girls that could play football and so edwin had a team and so there was quite a strong um there was a culture of girls playing football in East yeah. London as it was a way for us to do something. So this team was set up and then because it was good and we were meeting the Arsenal girls team quite a lot in competitions and because we were, a lot of us were good, they ended up merging our Limehouse ladies and Arsenal girls. They became one team because wow. there was a high amount of talent coming out of Stepney. In East London and Tower Hamlets in general, as definitely because of the, um, you know, the situation in terms of how we live, you know, so because of that, we so we trained as Limehouse ladies, but when we went out to play, we played a mix with so we played se trained separately, but then we'd go down to Arsenal ground as well. So that happened quite naturally, and it came through a partnership. Of with Arsenal girls and Limehouse ladies, um, really, and then that, and so when I was playing for them, I guess it was a natural progression. They were already linked by the time I got there, and so I, in a way, thought I was playing for Limehouse ladies, and then you know we have matches on Sunday, and they'd be like Arsenal kits, or you know what I'm saying, or <laughs> we'd have to sign up, and I'd be like, and so then that gradually happened. I, I think I probably did not. Um, I probably would have taken it more. It's not I didn't take it seriously. I played for years, but I think I started quite young. I started like 10 mm. um, and then played up until about, you know, those teenage years when you just don't want to train on Friday night and you just don't want to be in bed early on Saturday so that you have to be out all day on Sunday. And if you've been doing that from really young, and I loved it, don't get me wrong, I loved it, but I got into those teenage years where you're like, I want to go out with my friends on Friday night. <laughs> Why have I given myself this life? <laughs> you know, 
um, you know, because it happened quite, you know, naturally. So, yeah, like, I, I think I then later on, I was like, oh, my gosh, I was playing for Arsenal girls. I would go back, but, you know, at that time, I wasn't as, you know, I mean, I was, I would say I was, I think I was good for the playground. I was really good for the playground and really good for the estate. Once I got into the team, I think I was kind of average with bursts of really good. Um, <laughs> but I think, um, I don't think I was like the best player. There was days where I definitely I was, you know, woman to the match and, and did some mad things. Um, but I don't think I was the best, like best of the best. I think if I would have continued playing and didn't get into those teenage years of, oh, I want to go out on Friday nights and I don't want to get up on Sunday mornings sort of thing. I probably, you know, you train and you get better, right? But, I, you know, I think I was a little bit above average. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't I don't know if I was the, the best. Do you know what I mean? Um, do you know what I mean? No, like, I wasn't bad. I was good. I mean, no, I was very good. Do you know what I mean? I'm not trying to downplay how good I was. I'm just saying, um, perfect, you know, I don't know if I needed to have trained really, really hard if I was mm. going to stay in the first, you know, go into the first team and stay there and keep playing and go into the England team and stuff like that. I would have needed to work really, really hard because a lot of my friends did that. You know what I mean? Mm. And a lot of people who play, and like I say, I, Alex Scott was in that team. So, you know, she played in my team and she's from Stepney. Do you know what I mean? So... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's that culture of we, everyone, a lot of the girls, not everyone, but a lot of the girls play football because there was nothing to do. Mm, it does really go to show, though, it's like um, even in those those situations, especially as you're saying in your area and, you know, with the poverty and that, it's like yeah. we always still find something to do. Because I remember yeah, those yeah, ones yeah. before the days of the, um, the internet or, you know, consistent internet and all of the tech that we have now, it was exactly like you said, like there was an estate nearby me called White Flats. Oh, and yeah. we used to... Uh, Bethnal? No, no, no. It's, um, um, Ealing, Ealing side. So it's oh, like okay, Hanwell. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, there's White Flats down Bethnal. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, no, no. The, I was going to say, do you know this person? Do you know George? <laughs> <laughs> And if somehow I missed a beat with you, if that was a connection, I would literally, I would, I would just cut the interview and just, you know, go, yeah. go, go stand in the corner a little bit to say, yeah, really? I would have been like, no, I thought you here. I was about to say, you're not from White Flats. I ain't yeah. seen you there. Hey, look, see, that's, 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 that's my that, no. what, what number? What number? Um, who you know, fam? <laughs> no, I'm talking you White know, Flats. You know, Morris, you know, Morris. <laughs> and that's how we always catch people out, you know, when people yeah, claim all yeah. their big. Because I know you lived, you might have lived near there. You weren't from there. No, I yeah, used to. Yeah, yeah. So where, where it was, there was like an alleyway, <laughs> then there was like my house, like in between, that's like two houses, my house. On, yeah, yeah. And then you'll just go down and then there'll be our Ealing's White Flats or Hamwell's yeah, White yeah, Flats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to yeah. the um, But we used to skate, um, I never used to be able to skate too well, but we used to like um, play skate. Um, skate yeah, house. so here you go, you're taking in what the... Yeah. Exactly. Football. We used to have like the little. Um, we used to have like the rivers and the Brent River and such on the back of us. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah. used to just all just venture out, jump on bikes, and it used like literally the the estates or just even the roads in general were yeah, always yeah. so vibrant and lively. Like that's how we we've so used to. I swear that's how where we kind of built our social connections from and our actual social skills. Absolutely, was, absolutely, yeah. Was yeah. from those environments and that. But let's um, but let's skip on a little bit because as you mentioned, um, also in the the local centers um which i miss yeah. i'm not gonna lie i do do miss those those, those yeah, community centers used to do quite yeah. a lot so 
because you, I believe you even mentioned a little bit of it in your kind uh, kind of biography as well. Um, yeah. Because you talk about, you know, those experiences and like you said, you know, starting off kind of like on the jungle, but, you know, still doing the rap thing. So do you mind diving in a little bit deeper into how that that setup was and what that was like for you as an experience? Yeah, I think oh, so rich, so, so beautiful, <laughs> man. Like really rich, like... <laughs> The opposite of rich but you know what i mean yeah like yeah. <laughs> culturally rich um uh but uh yeah like it was like i say a big up shack um i don't know even if he does a thing online but he used to have a little studio that we used to go in and i remember going in with my friend and she was like the rapper and i was she was an influence on me and my friend angela yeah she used to rap and i used to sing the hooks because oh. i had quite a high voice um well i still have quite a high voice but i had a very high voice then um and um that was like really for me I just thought we're doing it like I sort of wish we went back to that you know where you could only just do it like then and it was on the tape do you know what I mean yeah. um and then um so yeah we should just hop to anywhere that would allow us to do music and it was so it was just the it was like so important for us to find you know and so I think there was a few little spots where they'd you know it'd be on set days and we all go we'd all turn up do you know what I mean like um we used to have there was a youth club in Bethel Green and um and I remember that was the first time I saw you know we were like you know the little kind of green-eyed looking up at Major Ace and you know well people used to call him Kylie um but Wiley um and I actually I remember always thinking thought Wiley's name was Kylie first of all because that's what everyone used to call him Kylie, Kylie. I didn't realize they were cussing him like I right. thought that was his name <laughs> and Kylie and then I realized over time oh no his name was right like as I first was introduced to him was Kylie um and uh, yeah, so that was really sick. Now thinking back, just watching sort of legends and rest in peace, Major Ace, you know, and Major Ace used to hang around with my cousin as well. And he used to sort of just hang around. Um, and you don't realise that you're in something really important. Do you know what I mean? Um, and we used to go like, that's how I used to write my bars for the youth centre. And you kind of need somewhere to go to put your bars down. If you, okay, you, you do, there was a thing where you do it socially, you do it with your friends um, in the bedrooms and blah, blah but you have to have an endpoint and that endpoint was just the youth club where you know it, you know dj and you know you're spitting your and i'd have just one 16 ready <laughs> you know what I mean? just one <laughs> just one that I put, uh, you know over jungle and it was amazing i used to listen to my friend as well james um james boff i used to listen to him and i just looked up to him so much because he was i just didn't understand it so i just used to listen to um radio religiously you know um, and then, yeah, just going into those social spaces, like, again, it was definitely, you know, or, or again, I when I first saw people doing that, it was more because, you know, I saw certain girls doing it. And, I, you know, they weren't bad, I guess, thinking about it now. But at the time, I was just a bit like, oh, they just like them. That's why they're bigging them up. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I can spit, spit. Do you know what I mean? So that was a bit out of competition that I thought and the attention that I felt like, oh, yeah, I'm going to spit because why is she getting bare attention? All she's doing is squeaking sort of thing. Um, so, you know, and yeah, that was, um, I guess that's the way you felt like you had to be. And now I think about it, that mentality is a bit rubbish, but that is kind of what made me kind of write my first youth centre bars. Do you know what I mean? And so I guess in a way she made me think I can do it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then, yeah, just kind of, like I say, being with um, a lot of people who were kind of, 
doing their thing now at the minute on radio. That was a really nice time. I remember being on radio and Kelly LaRock bringing in because we'd played her song and we were like, oh my gosh, we love this song. And she was just listening. She just happened to be listening. And so she called in as a live caller. And I was, we were like, ah. that was like one of the best moments of my life, even now, because I remember the euphoric moment as a kid, just having one of your idol, the song we played in every set ring up and to say thanks for picking up her song and I ended up like you know she ended up meeting us and you know coming wow. down and showing us love so that for me was like a really special time do you know what I mean and, and you know that that now you can be on radio and shout out someone who's tuned your playing and then you're meeting them the next day you know things like that happened all the time or you just roll to certain places and then there's just big names there big now obviously I'm reading about them in books now and you know you just walk into a house and they just be there do you know what I mean I'll just walk around the corner <laughs> do you know what I mean and you know targets in the studio with J2K and I'm going to meet J2K because you know what I mean he's doing something for me but then he's got the whole of roadie crew around him. You know what I mean? So wow. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? So it's it's it was good, man. We might need to do a whole biography, like a videography, like just of yeah, you yeah, and your experiences yeah. and getting you lot together. Because yeah. I suppose talking from being like from this side on the west, it wasn't we had a few heads, but it was never as intense as it seemed to yeah. be where it was over in East, because Mm-mm. on that side, it seemed like when it kind of came to the culture you guys were literally all about it because like yeah. down here on mm. the west side of things you you it's, it was so hard to find like a female mc but now mm. now listening to your stories and you're saying it's like it's not just you one or two that's within no, no, no. these groups yeah. you're saying that there's a whole there's a yeah, whole squad yeah, yeah. there's a, squ- there's a yeah, squad yeah, of you yeah. guys literally on there yeah 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 absolutely absolutely um and you know we did get sensationalized it's not like oh there, there was low as many there was still lower in number in terms oh. of um guys but there was still uh it was kind of a general like i say it was there wasn't so guess when the younger we were, there was a less focus on sort of it being a masculine or feminine thing. It was just, we just need something to do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> and everybody did it. Um, and I guess, you know, when you stick with it, you know, then those sort of wineries become a bit more obvious. But, um, mm. and, and, you know, and then you have to fight, you know, because, you know, but I, there was a bit like people did, you, it gave you, it helped you to stand out being one of a few girls because, you know, but it was still kind of a bit tokenistic, you know, people were ready to take the mic, like, like, um, you like, uh, what's his name, was trying to take the mic from Dizzy crazy titch do you know what I mean after 16 people are ready to take that mic from you so you kind of had to be a little bit like oh that's cute give me the mic and you have to be like no sorry do you know what I mean it's a bit like that yeah. So the competition, but at the same time though, the competition is still fierce, and you know it's like you highlight yeah. as well. Kind of like, and that's that's what you gotta love about just the whole hip hop, and just the fact that the, the music community on this side of things is we're always trying to do drive spit something or be a little something more than what you are, which is always a little bit of the fun of the competition. Don't get me wrong, as we all know, there's little bits of sour. I think it's just a bit more sour in a lot of cases now, but I just mm-hmm. yeah, that level of competition really levels people up. And to be honest, yeah. I personally hear that in your music because mm. I when I got introduced to your music and your new stuff yeah. I was just like because even Tremendous I only literally got made aware of Tremendous just before I actually oh, did the interview yeah 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 
And if you two need to, but whenever you yes. find it, you need to, yeah, that's a collab. Yeah, and a half, I, don't, I don't think we've actually met properly. I think it's online business, but yeah, I mean, sure, things will happen in the car in the future. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And you also mentioned, so without us digressing and getting into how amazing your, your stuff is, um, which I'm sure you get a lot, but it's like the radio <laughs> stuff because, um, because you, if I get this right, where you want, huh? uh, please. Give her more, give her more. Yeah, just come on, then. Like, give me, come on. I've got this If I had any graphics to put around, I'll be doing things and things and, you yeah, know, all no, that. It's all good. There's more coming. There's more coming. That's that's the good thing about it. There's, I'm ready now. Ty set me off. Yeah, no, have mad looking forward to it. It's no, like seriously looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, so let's go back to radio. Like, so I've done yeah. my little bit of radio, do the internet radio business now and trying to build yeah. that, that whole structure up. But Am I right to say that you were on Pirate before um, on Pirate Radio? Is that where you started, or was it? You yeah, yeah, Mission in? FM Pirate. Yeah, Pirate. That was that was us, man. Graveyard shift two to six a.m. <laughs> you have to talk. You have to talk. Talk about that Pirate Radio lifestyle. I love these stories. I can't in, get in, in North in, in North in North London as well, man. Like we were wow, from East. Yeah, now, that's what we were too young, so we used to get. Uh, his name was um, Badger. He used to drive us. He was like. The DJ Crisis, who's now D Haynes, DJ, DJ Haynes, his dad's friend used to drive us down there. Um, so that was really cool. And then it was Twin B. They were the Twin Bs, the two, Alec and Alex, they were the DJs and DJ Crisis. And then there was Bugsy and me as the MCs. Um, wow. And yeah, and Badger used to drive us from Stepney down to Holloway. Um, and we used to just walk up the stairs with some flat. It was just these fins that you know how like it's like a side shop, a shop, and then you yeah, can those... go in and there's like a side door, and then it kind of takes you up to some hidden flat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. right at the top. But it was one thing I do remember. It was just really thin. It was like almost you wouldn't. And I guess they choose places like that because you know what I mean. You you almost don't know it's there. Um, yeah. and then but it was kind of like an unkept house, do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and there was like a room that you could sit if you were just listening to the person, like because sometimes they'd swap and rotate, and so there was two rooms, and there was one that was almost like the chill out lounge room, and then there was one that was the then there was the room that where you did everything, or no, and then sometimes it'd swap around a bit and then it'd be all in one place. But sometimes I felt like we were just sleeping in it because it was like two, three, four, five a.m. But we had listeners, do you know what I mean? We had listeners. Um and it was and we it was the best thing. We loved it. We just felt like we were on a vent. I don't know. I, no, I won't say we felt like we were on an adventure, but now I look back, it was mm. an adventure. Do you know what I mean? Um, and you know, coming home when it's getting light and stuff like that. Um, and sometimes it was in the guy who ran mission. Sometimes it was in his. I think when DTI broke up that one, we, it would be in. I think he put it in his house once. Um, of so that I remember there was a time where we were in it because I just remember us kind of having to just be like. Like not seeing anyone, but kind of seeing him and with no shoes on. But I'm like, he's like the boss of the radio, but we're just going into this little room. And I remember one time we were just steaming, and I, so I know he had his family next door, and we were just random in this random, you know, in this house in one of his back rooms. But and then I just, I just for, for me, what stuck out was he had no shoes on, like because he was at home <laughs> we were at radio do you know what I mean and then once he just burst in and just smashed not smashed but like boom switched everything off what in the middle because I think 
DTI were patrolling and I just remember moments like that. Do you know what I mean? That was probably the I think that was the day that Kelly LaRock called as well. But yeah, it was it was just really random stuff like that. And I just remember going to like meetings to be like, and it was really serious, do you know what I mean? Like we'd have like radio meetings and I remember being because we were like really young and stuff, we would just we'd just be there in awe, kind of, because you know, Heartless Crew would be there at the meeting as well. <laughs> And that's what we cared about. I didn't even care who was on the station. We were just like, we're on the same station as Heartless. We don't care if we're on at 2 a.m. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we just, you know, when people spoke to us, we're like, yeah, 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 we're on the same station as Heartless. Heartless. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> and yeah, that's some serious badges there. Yeah, and we would sit at the meetings just watching them like little fans, but <laughs> trying not to be, do you know what I mean? And that's why it's weird because, like, obviously, like, um, I feel like obviously in the music sense, like I saw them later on and obviously the more I was doing, I guess my my name got bigger. And so then I remember us doing the same show together and I feel like I'm still big fans, you know what I mean? Mm. Like I see, you know, Mighty Mo, like me and Mighty Mo at one point, we, we were um, both doing a bit of teaching. I mean, you know, he stopped, I mean, I lecture now, but we don't teach in the FE, but we for a while we did a little bit of, artist development in FE but I remember like I feel like I always saw uh, I was just like like <laughs> do you know what I mean like to me I, I've always still got fan behavior do you know what I mean <laughs> no matter how much I try not to yeah <laughs> but then now I feel like I see them more like at music things where we're all musicians but for me I still see that little that little you know what I mean fan sitting there yeah. um, at the meetings watching them in the corner us trying to look in the corner of our eyes so they they, they can't see that we're looking <laughs> at partners <laughs> you know they know it's they're just like yeah we get this it's fine just keep playing yeah, our music <laughs> yeah 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 exactly so they were like complete superstars that's one thing that i think it was amazing that's how people from pirate radio were actual in our world superstars do you know what i mean that probably does happen now you know no, it definitely does happen now especially with youtube but i just think it's amazing that all happened without youtube or anything which is why we sat there watching them because you know, they, we we didn't have a YouTube video to go and watch and fan over them and da 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 da. We just used to listen to their tapes yeah. in in DJ Crisis's bedroom. So we knew their voices and we had to see them in pictures. But to see voice and <laughs> voice and face together, it was a madness. Do you know what I mean? So the fact that you know the UK hip hop and you know garage you know descended into grime sort of scene was built just off of local fame was amazing to me and mm. people were selling out venues and and things like we knew when the tape came out we want you know we someone was taping it or someone was getting it from someone but we mm. none of us had money so there was a lot there was very very we didn't have lots of money to buy stuff so there was a lot of taping and borrowing but the money we did have, we'd spend it on things for our music. Do you know what I mean? But to yeah. be honest, youth centres played a massive part because we were kids who had grown up in poverty, you know? So we didn't have much, you know what I mean? Even if you even in some people's parents maybe had a little bit more than others. Um, so um, DJ Crisis, his dad is Billy Ocean. His dad's uncle, his uncles was Billy Ocean. So his dad's brother was Billy Ocean. So it's not to say, oh, so he had bare money, but he's Billy Ocean brought Hainsley's decks. And that was how, if Billy Ocean, who didn't make a fortune, didn't buy Hainsley decks, where would we have practiced? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. So there is a there is a, a thing of there that you know money is important in these scenarios. You know what I mean? Very much so. Very much so. There's only so much you can do of absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 Ignore. Nothing. Yeah exactly um so well, let's skip a little bit ahead in, in your journey so going from a a youth center mc and pirate dj um to pirate yeah. dj how yeah. did you how did you get to constructing your first song your first official song that you then put decided to put out to people how did that how did that come about um, so my my first song sort of happened. How did it happen? All right, so this is what happened, yeah. So I had to think about it. <laughs> now because it's like so many things happen. You have so many I had lots of different songs, you know. I you know, with my DNA we did stuff, but it was only DNA. <laughs> 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 you know, we, <laughs> we had, you know, our songs, but and I wrote songs and now I think, oh my gosh, they were really bad but whatever um and we and when i think about it some of our hooks were definitely like other people's rhymes just with our words in it <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like well, let, me, let me tell let me say our biggest hit or hook the school loved it and let me tell you if you can guess you might not be able to our big hook was if you want beats and tune to test with DNA ain't nothing to mess to with. Mess with um, John, <laughs> DNA ain't nothing to mess with. That was our biggest. <laughs> that, and I. <laughs> that was our. That was our hit. We did it. In the, like, everyone was like, "Wow!" And even me, I didn't know it was Wu Tang. Like I just thought we were writing the hook, and obviously David, like listening and and Sam and listening. So I thought, "Oh, that is." And then I'm listening to Wu Tang, and I'm like, it just takes a few words. <laughs> that was oh wow. So we won't we won't count that. <laughs> yeah, biting and in that instance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, um, yeah, and then I would say I in college. The basically, long story short, I basically went into college to do acting. I wasn't even thinking of doing music. That's the maddest thing. And it was a social pastime. Do you know what I mean? Um, and the only reason I went to do performing arts was because I got good feedback. I went to a terrible school, I'll be real. Um, but my drama teacher said something good about me that made me excel in that class, drama, because I wanted to impress her. And she, she said something positive about me. I ended up getting an A in drama. So what do I do? I'm going to go and do performing arts. Do you know what I mean? So it was, it was that was the... And so in that, and I wanted to do acting, I ended up... Um, there was a boy called Glenn, and he was entering competitions. He was really entrepreneurial. He was a producer. And he was like, oh, can you do a 16-bar rap? Can you, you know, can you rap? And I was like, oh, yeah, well, I, I rap. But it was, for me, it wasn't my goal. Uh, it was something I did socially, but I just did it. But I ended up getting quite a lot of attention from that. I ended up getting, um, we ended up winning competitions. And to be honest, like a big part of it was what I was doing. So then I got, ended up getting signed to management. And so that was the first time I wrote a song. Um, and um, that was, that was amazing really, because I actually put the song on, um, my album with, with Terry Walker and um, this is the bars from it and I reworked it but that was the first ever song I, I would say that was a, a proper song um and then the first song that I put out officially was oh, the wrong side, was this which is what I talk about my things um 
and so uh and it featured i can't believe it now featured but yeah, oh my God, community yeah Driving. Talk so this about my... an explosive introduction to the game. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was my that was my first that was my first and show and prove as well on the remix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to that on your Bandcamp. Um, yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was my first um ever release, and that was that was really happened quite organically. Again, that happened. A DJ Mentat made that on the PlayStation. Do you know? What I mean? On the and, PlayStation. Um, Oh, yeah, he made that. it on a PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, he made it on a PlayStation. My first ever single ended up. Oh my gosh, what? Corey, can I just say everything? Out, everything? Everything? Out, no, everything I want to shout out is just a bit of a madness right now <laughs> because because <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> pardon me. I'm like, yeah, I got Ryan Giggs on the wall, and um, sorry, I'm going. <coughs> I've got <a> cough. <laughs> then. Um, what's I gonna say again? Shout no out. clock, no clock. This was in no clocks film. That's what I'm saying. Everywhere, <laughs> why don't people behave themselves? So he put it in his film, um, and it was the only yeah. independent release. Um, it was um, Fast Girls, Fast Girls, okay, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. But it was like the opening song, and obviously, <laughs> now that was my that was one of my boasts, like my first thing for an independent, <laughs> and now, like, bro, like, his name needs to rest for a bit, so um, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that was my first one, and it was it was really cool. Um, Rasquami put that out as well. He heard it, he liked yes. it, he put it out. Yeah, he put it out, and he's independent. But you know, and I, I learned quite a lot in that period because I was very much a part of um, sort of making that record happen. Luke Dharma, who done my cover for my EP, mm -hmm. <laughs> he um did that cover. Um, I had um. It was real quite social. It was quite a social thing. Obviously, I used to see Loki quite a lot at open mic nights and stuff like that. Kalashnikov, he was just about, he's an East boy, but he was more connected to, no, the twins didn't get him involved. I'm sure I made that link with um, Clash. I can't remember, but it was quite organic mm. and quite natural. It wasn't hard. Everybody on that record, Shawnee T was friends with. Um, I remember I had a couple of people because I was there and I was quite particular. I had, I had some, a couple of people record hooks on that and amazing hooks, but I just knew what I wanted it to sound like. So, um, and then we also, again, these opportunities are so important because there was some funding that was given to a studio in Central and they that funding allowed that song to be mixed. Um, it allowed me to give a bit of money to each person was on the song so really these things like this wouldn't have happened had it not been for that funding do you know what i mean so obviously a lot of people do things and we hustle i put a lot of money into things as well but my initial first release i didn't apply for the funding it was just a scheme that they were like oh you know you, you should they, they put they were looking for people to put out stuff and you know i had this song and so yeah it was it was all a bit organic really <laughs> Um, and I think that's what happens. And I think you don't you take it for granted because you, you're part of something. You don't realize you're part of um, something that, you know, a culture that people are going to write about. But you don't see it like that. You just see it as you and your friends making music or and, you know, it's not just you and your friends. At this point, it wasn't just me and my friends because Loki lived in West. So he wasn't my friend. But through mutual um, meetings at hip hop gigs, we became friends. Do you know what I mean? Mm. 
and through so it then extended from outside of east to other people doing music do you know what i mean in different parts of london but it was still you know there was i love live and then there was the jump off and there was um deal real and so we'd all meet at all of these places um so your sort of your sphere the musical sphere kind of um expands you know mm. and then yeah so that was that and then I just continued to make music after that after striving really and that was a good opportunity for me and um just kept going after that really um started traveling around going to different parts of the world making music with different people um I'm going to put some of that stuff back online because some of the stuff that um is not up there I haven't got loads of stuff up there because I've got new stuff coming so I just almost don't want to um confuse people because like a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is that sounds quite really different to not really my vocal style carries across do you know what I mean mm. but even no not really because even me I've changed the lyric the way that I spit on beats a little bit so I, I almost don't want to put too much of the old stuff up just so, so people can digest the new stuff so that's sort of rolling out this year so at the minute I think online I've only put there's only like one album up though I've done loads of mixtapes and compilations and whatever mm. I've only done one official album but I've done loads of EPs and mixtapes so I think yeah I've got this thing on Friday but then I've got another thing coming straight after and I'm working on something straight after that and so but the sound is very you know is much more um crafted whereas I think the stuff before there was a lot more <clears throat> influences from a lot of different all the different genres I explained to you which is fine but now I've I've learned to articulate that in one sound Mm. Like I say, the the album I did before, like the one in twenty sixteen, like that one, I felt like I didn't. It was it was not exactly what I wanted to create, though I was happy with it. It's not exactly where where if I was to make my music, it would go. Do you know what I mean? So mm. that's hopefully where it's gonna go now. Um, yeah, that makes that's sense. Like, oh, let me go, bro. Um, going back to Shriven, like I said, I, it was is a fire track, and personally, yeah. I, I like. You, you in that track you felt like you needed to prove something That's yeah why. yeah definitely that yeah people had yeah that was the energy yeah that uh, definitely and i was you know i was that at that point i was like you know there was there was a lot of people from my area were doing a lot of things and um i i still got a grab to be honest but i've learned now i know how to do it without yeah, you know, I mean, and don't forget as well, my delivery was because I came from a um, uh, a sci-fi sort of clashing type of environment, and that was on all my songs. Whereas now, I, I I know how to differentiate where you know when to pull my voice back and all the rest of it. I think before I had a lot of emotions in me, but I think my delivery was very influenced by my performance locally and that was loads of people around the mic shouting <laughs> you know what I mean? right right because i feel right now as an artist you're in your miseducation yeah. uh yeah 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 exactly now you putting new tracks out it's like that's not me let me yeah 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 basically i feel like i've never i don't feel like people really know me even for my last album i don't feel like people really know me you know so i said oh my gosh yeah you really said a lot about yourself in your thingy i really know you i'm like really i haven't said 
a quarter of it. Do you know what I mean? I don't intend to give my whole life out, but I do feel, and that's why, you know, Ty was really important to me. And I've said it before is because he, mm. it's like he knew there was so much more that no one see. I feel like no one's really seen what I can do if I'm very honest with you. Do you know what I mean? And I've just now worked out how I'm going to get it out there. Do you know what I mean? Because as well, I do other things in life. Um, and I, I don't, one part of me is kind of annoyed that I was slightly annoyed, but I do feel that I was pushed into what I do because of my economic standing in the world. So I played football and I made music because that's what you're rewarded for and that's what's encouraged. But actually, you know, now I'm really into um I'm into research, I'm into academia, I'm into a lot of things, do you know what I mean? And and but actually it wasn't encouraged in me at all ever. Do you know what I mean? It was like, oh you're you're a really good rapper, go and do that. Oh you're a very good performer. You're confident in front of people. Go and do that. Oh you play football. Yes, it's because all we could do was play football. Yes. <laughs> you're a good you're a good rapper. Okay, yes, because everybody raps and I have timing so you know so a part of me really has spent the last you know 10 or so you know doing other things and not what my situation has um what life has given me and I though I'm grateful for it and like I say many moments was it was beautiful I don't want I want other you know there are things for me like I'm doing I do a lot I run a business now you know what I mean but I actually really enjoy a business and why didn't I get into business because it wasn't encouraged do you know what I mean right. and so I had to do it later and I'm you know doing a writing a thesis at the minute and I love it do you know what I mean I love the research but um and and actually when I think about the background of my family and how they that's what they're like but I was the creative last I don't know if I was the creative rebellious one in a way well I wasn't really rebellious. yes I was I was but <laughs> <laughs> and my mum said that my mum my mum said my, me and one of my brothers he's the youngest boy I'm the youngest girl she sometimes sits there and she goes off oh, I never beat any none of my kids and I had to beat them more than you and Sankey because you had to be I was always getting in trouble always getting in trouble in school always getting kicked out see don't beat your kids but I was always getting licks because I was doing something trust me like so um but going back to it when I think about my family that's what they're into but I guess I was rewarded for being out you know someone who likes um being in front of people and I was in school singing assembly so I guess what I'm trying to say is that um there's so many sides of me and I really want to show that through music and I enjoy music now but when I when music became when when music became a thing where let's make profit off of these kids making music um that's when I stopped enjoying it do you know what I mean when the corporate side got involved and when you know management got involved not that my first manager was bad he was really a great guy and stuff but I didn't I was too I wasn't developed enough to enjoy it because I there was something something that I just did with my friends and suddenly now I have to I'm you know I was in college doing performing arts and dance I went on to do dance and stuff and then now I have to sit in a room by myself and write bars and write an album what is that do you know what I mean so I, <laughs> yeah. I absolutely wasn't developed um and you know uh, the industry doesn't allow for you to develop um and that's why I'm so passionate about artist development and that's why I'm so passionate about people getting the education uh, musically and even academically that they need because what happens is once you fall out of favor with the industry you're then looking for ways to earn money 
do you know what I mean? But you can't mm. get anything. And then all these people who are just fans from the countryside are getting jobs in every, you know, any paying job. And you are there working as a steward. <laughs> do you know what I mean? When someone who doesn't even know half as much about you about music is working in some big music company because they nerded out and they look the same as the bosses. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, the, the inequality, um, the intersections of race and gender, misogynoir, um, that all those things have affected me deeply and all of that is ready to come out, not just in music, but in written form as well. And I think what makes you awesome too is that mm. every area you're in, the mm. core value is discipline. So can you mm, kind of yeah. talk about that from football yeah. to acting to music to only yeah. the discipline? Yeah, I think um I think I think I got that a bit from football, you know. Mm. Um the the rigidness of being there every week and doing the drills and then wanting to be a bit better the next time you go. And so I think, yeah, like I say, I'd be practicing before training or, you know, going out on my own. Um, just because I, I wanted to be good, because that is where you got that's where you got affirmation. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and and you then you know that to be good at anything you need to I mean we know the ten thousand hours but I didn't know that I just know when I studied footballers they were like I play football day and night day and night you know what I mean when you we we didn't have documentaries and it wasn't YouTube but when you'd see them talk about themselves you know Maradona and Pele and all those guys my my brothers were big fans of Pele and Maradona and so they used to have their tapes and I used to watch the tapes and see their discipline so I carried that and I was like well if I want to be good in the team and then I need to do what Maradona and Pele are doing from my brother's tapes and stuff like that um my you know my you know my my brothers and stuff and they're, they're quite disciplined as well my brother's a boxer my brother boxed for um England he boxed for Sierra Leone um so he was a professional boxer he boxed in famous Repton boxing club um he was yeah, he he was um uh, he was he actually do you remember the um video where Kano was boxing in the video? I can't remember yeah, yeah, was. yeah. I can't, I can't remember which one, but yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, video. yeah. My brother trained Kano for that, so my brother trains a lot of celebrities to bulk up by the time they. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So <laughs> <video> shoots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, but um, my brother's name's Tony Cisse. He runs in boxing academy and stuff like that. So I think because generally people in my family were very disciplined and driven um that I just carried that but I definitely say football and I carried that from football into um into music really it's like and then watching a lot of documentaries as well I'm into I'm really into documentaries I like making them I made a little one even about this artwork um I'm into all those things and I think that when you watch those documentaries and you're watching stuff about Michael Jackson and you know and their discipline I just basically um I'm quite um, logical in the way that I do things. I look and I say, well, this is how they achieve that. Then how do I work that into my life? So I think that that's kind of what I carried in. Even when I do everything, like even when I was doing my teacher training or, you know what I mean, or, or studying, I feel like I'm very detailed. I think that's part of my my genes, not genes, that's part of my makeup and my character. I'm quite thorough in everything yeah. that I do. That's dope. 
definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely comes across. Um, touching on the international bits, because um, mm. on the last on the IG live that you did with Scandus, yeah, you mentioned there's two, there's two, two, there's two places that I'm really interested in. One is your experience in Oz when you met Flying Lotus. Shout out to Flying Lotus as well for the Yasuke yeah, yeah. soundtrack as well. Now yeah. I finally yeah. watched it, so we could talk about it. Ish, so you're happy yeah. now? Yeah. Go talk about that today. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, so you can't, you can't tell me, you can't tell me. Real fast. If you get a chance, go on to my YouTube. That is not an L. I interviewed Thomas Lockley, the author of African Samurai. Mm -hmm. That oh. was a great interview. Check that out. I, I don't like plugging myself, but there you go. No, yeah. I'm can you, Juju, uh, can you WhatsApp that to me? So yeah. That yeah, 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 yeah. Can you WhatsApp that to me? Because I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Yeah, and what I'll do for yeah. everybody else that's watching, I'll add the direct link to the interview as well yeah, at the yeah. bottom. So, and yeah, you need to plug yourself more as well. You're just, uh, just about how I, I love you to pieces. I love you. I know I love you to pieces yeah, though, but that's the platform. The UK. <laughs> the UK. I love you, man. This is all about I, 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 I Richie. I'm trying. I am yeah, trying. Yeah. Um, no, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it for sure. I'm watching. Yeah, no. I, I never he... say I'm gonna watch something and I don't. If I'm not gonna watch it, I'll just shut up. Issues, issues, issues. Literally got some really great lineups. So I'm not gonna lie to you. Some of his, he's got some. I mean, half the time, oh. I don't even know how he gets half the people. Even for us to do this, we've got even Donny, oh, Donny, Donny Hathaway. We've got lined up as well. So that's 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 him oh, over there. Already, man. Just, just. Where are you based? Where are you based? <laughs> what? Ish, where, where are you based in in the I'm US? Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And you, oh, like an hour and twenty minutes from Philly. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never been there, but yeah. East Coast. Um. Right. So, but yeah, no, I definitely get that sent to you. And the reason why I'm doing it is called promotion, man. You got to give them little little pieces now. So I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, look forward. To it. A little bit later, man. But that's fine. <laughs> okay. That. I can. Okay. I can. Oh, so Russell Simmons. Yeah, I'll bleep it out if you if it makes you that happy. No, no, um, no. <laughs> but yeah, so back to back to um back to you. Um um so flying um, lotus. Um, ah, you left out my name. <laughs> oh no, because I was gonna jump straight to oh, the um oh, yeah. the flying lotus because I got so gassed. So, oh, okay. but, no, <laughs> I sat up, I sat up. Try me, ain't you? Ish. Anyways, yeah. right. <laughs> um, but yeah, you met Flying Lotus of all people. So and yeah. in Australia, and then he taught you how to produce because you were used to you're more used to logic as well, rather yeah, than yeah. using fruit loops. Please dive deep as deep as you yeah. can do on that, please. Yeah, I mean, so he didn't teach me how to produce, but he taught me how to use FL. Um, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. So and and uh, so he yeah, it's, it's amazing kind of what he's doing now. But he, we were all um, in Australia with Red Bull. And um, and so it was amazing. We were there for like two weeks and we all were in like the same apartment building. Um, actually, I was there for a month, actually. But in the apartment, I was in there for two. So we all had like our own apartments within a massive apartment complex. And um, we then there were like these studios and there were like 10 studios that we could just go in and then like, two master studios like proper 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 big studios whatever and then there'd just be like breakout areas where you could just like make beats and it was just we were all creative for like a couple of weeks and um he would be there and he was very introverted very quiet he'd sit there with his headphones and he literally used to just produce with his computer and his headphones um and a stack of cds that was his setup you know and and then he made use of some of the 
musicians who were kind of floating around. Um, but it was just really dope because we all got to like make music. We got to hang out, go to gigs and stuff like that. So I was around him for a while, you know, um, and um, it was a good it was a good time to sort of um, sort of just pick up and learn. And so I feel like he influenced. I just watched him quite a lot. I watched Odyssey was around at that time as well. Fun A. That's how we all made that track. Um, we made a track. Um, what's that doing? Never forget it. Oh, what song? How can you forget the name of the song you done with Flying Lotus? Um, hold on. No, it's not. It's not even online. I've not even put it online anymore. Um, oh, so okay, you, yeah. it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Check YouTube. Yeah, hold on. The perch. The perch. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> the perch. It's called the perch, and it was cool. Um, but I'll tell you this thing first so yeah the perch was they were in the studio um um flying lotus was just making a beat and i was just wandering through like i it wasn't like nothing to do with me he was just in the session and um and who was on it um for i think odyssey was already writing his verse and um Fonte was just he writes how i you probably already know when he writes he don't write he just he just like spits four bars and then spits another four bars and spits another four bars and so I just remember walking in and um uh I can't remember if it was Stephen because that's his name was he said do you want to jump on this or if it was Odyssey he said oh why don't you jump on it was one of the two of them and um so I was like oh but then I thought I've got to start writing like that you know because I <laughs> I was trying to do it like them and obviously we was all doing it there but I like to kind of be in my head kind of make sure the bars will tie but I was like no nah, man I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be like them so I stood there just doing my bars <laughs> so everything that whole track was all just done then and there you know we all wrote our lyrics there and um or wrote or fought our lyrics um and I he I wrote it on a bit of paper. Um, Odyssey wrote it on these, you know, them big blackberries. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. um, Font A just did it in his head, but we just did it all then, really. It was all really, really quickly. But um, And it was just really, it was really organic. Like, Stephen was making the beat as we were talking. Do you know what I mean? So I, I love that for the simple fact of it. it was just all by, you know, it just happened. And then in terms of the FL thing, um, I remember just being like, oh, I don't really know how to use FL. This was another, a different day. And him going like, right, right, I'm going to show you. And like I said, I was, like I said in the interview, he really were patient because I really won't get, because I just didn't understand all of the turning it around and putting it in and that. I just like, I don't want to do all that. I don't like, it's not that I don't want to, but right now, like that's not what I came here for. Like, how <laughs> where's the EQ? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, um, but he he was really adamant, you know, in terms of you know, he, he was just like, look, look, you're not listening. Listen, look, I was like, oh my god, I'm some teacher, like, um, but you know, um, but and he was really cool because he taught me, you know, you know how you you know you import because how we made drums was so sick because you know, no sounds was really sick because he. You know, like how you, you know, the um the matrix where you put in the drums mm -hmm. and how you do on FL and blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, but he used to, instead of making drums, he used to put in like sounds so that it would get that. So it would oh, sound. Wow. So he wasn't, so he wasn't playing. 
the drums like do you do, 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 not the drums he wasn't playing you know like his melody sounds stagnated yeah. and like like they're rolling but he would mm-hmm. put them in the drum he'll put them in the drum you know he put them in that and so he showed me how to do that which was a sick trick because i do that now um yeah okay, not all yeah. the time but sometimes do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so he just showed me little things that he used to do and i feel like oh that's how you get that sound or you know and then he would just like for him it was all about trial and testing he was he's got like such a sick ear for just things that are going to gonna sound good in a record and i think it's not even how he does it because i know now he doesn't even use all that he's the pro tools and um i mean maybe i don't know if he does use fl but from the looks of what i've seen he's now fl uses loads of live musicians a lot of hardware but then it was just you know cds good ear and just using um using fl in sort of different ways to other people that's crazy and mad inspiring to know yeah Yeah. but that's that's the reason why he does exactly what he does and yeah he he just broke the rules really yeah really did and shaped it as well but that's that's insane um and also just once again just you your story like i i would love (laughs) just plug more it's like yes just yeah, we, we have to save it for the album. We have to save it for the album. I'm yeah, well, there's more to come. <laughs> yeah, so, wicked, you know. wicked, wicked. So we get yeah. to we get to hear it. But then, yeah. um, so just touching on the second place, I was really because this is one place that I'm definitely um, Adam and I am going to at some point. Um, Japan, when you basically mm. brought over there, what was what was your what was a Japan what was a Japan experience like for you? Uh, mate, it was <laughs> uh, out of this world. Like sometimes I just think about it and I'm like. Did that happen? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it did. <laughs> it did. And it's formed a lot of connections for me. Like I even last month had a, um, a song out of a Japanese producer and um, was his song. But I do quite a lot of undercover Japanese collaborations because they have their own little market, don't they? Um, yeah. And through those, yeah, through those connections, I'm kind of always doing Japanese collaborations. It's really mad. Um, but yeah, like, so how <laughs> Japan, like I've been out there like twice um did like I did I licensed from my well I set up an independent and mm. I licensed from my independent to a independent like a big independent there um called file records and so they you know I went out there and they set up like a whole promo tour and had a really good um two good A and R's they were really amazing and um yeah it was just the most weird not weird it was amazing experience because I got like family there as well like mm. I was with family, so I didn't feel like I was just completely out there on my own. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I was in, I went to Okinawa as well because one of my best friends, she lives in Okinawa. She was, she lived, she's Japanese. She used to live in London. So we met as students and then she moved um, back um, to Japan. But then that, so that gave me a really good, I feel like I've got a good, well rounded sort of network. It's not just one thing. Um, so that helped me to feel comfortable in Japan. Um, she initially um, was a big reason I was there. Oh, yes. Let me tell you a story of Japan. It's mad, right? <laughs> they, they, uh, the fight, the, le- the label that I ended up licensing my compilation Beats International to, they random, not randomly, obviously, they were digging and looking online and they ordered 1,500 of those. Mm. Um and then and but I didn't know this at the time properly um and uh, you know you just think people have made someone's made a 1500 order of your 
record. So you're like, cool, mm. first record. And, you know, it was doing all right. And then my friend, when she moved back to Japan, she was like um, working in Hard Rock Cafe. It's so random. And, um, and um, so the girl she was working with at Hard Rock Cafe, um, she always used to say to her, I've got a friend called Tor, like she's a rapper because she was interested in music. And she would just be like, you know, yeah, you know, whenever you say you're into music, but then she would, and you know, uh, and then she would say to me, Oh, I've got my friend, she's just started working for a label, and I'd be like, Yeah, all right, right, <laughs> yeah, you know, so we none of us took her seriously, basically. Right. <laughs> but, but, um, so when I went, I went to Japan to see her, and um, she was like, Oh, my friend's here, my friend's coming, um, and then she was like, Show my friend's her name's Tor, she was like, Say your name again. And then she was like, because at this point she started working for this label who put this out. And she went, say her name. She said, is this a friend you've been telling me about all the time? She was like, yeah. She said, we've just ordered like 1,500 of her records. So we've been paring her off the whole time. (laughs) And she literally was the plug. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So she was like, bring her in, bring her in. You know, can you set up a meeting? You know, and then that made a bit of a buzz in that sort of a, indie Japanese world so I ended up and she came round as my translator and so after the meeting with with um her label we met with a couple of other labels you know she acted as a translator it was amazing that I had one of my best mates was Japanese because then she basically helped me navigate those meetings and then in the end that I ended up getting a, a sort of a um yeah I got a licensing deal for my own project um through it um and then that's sort of how that developed. But it literally developed through my friend working in the Hard Rock Cafe with somebody who had moved on to an indie label who ordered some of my records. And that relationship was built from there. Um, going there was crazy, like doing the interviews. Imagine it's like three of us now, you know, you know, Juju, you asked me a question and then um, you're talking to me, but Ish is hearing it and Ish is then telling me what the, question is yes. and then I'm answering Ish and then Ish is telling Juju. <laughs> you know? yes. I literally did a radio tour, I did a radio run like that and it was, I loved it to be honest, I just felt like the, it, I just felt like I was doing music because I was nowhere to do with anything where my home was and you know, they they, they were, you know, how it was for me, my experience with the sort of Japanese market was they were, you know, they had an itinerary for me. It was, you know, super organized, super professional. Rehearsals were given to me. Um, and I just, I just loved it. I loved the interviews because I just felt like even though we were going three ways for the interviews right. to happen, it was still a vibe. Do you know what I mean? I got like a load of press in Japan and it was cool. Like, I could, you know, how it is in Shibuya where you kind of go from shop to shop and, you know, to walk into Japanese shops with all, where all the crate diggers are and all the hip hoppers are and your records in there. It was dope, man. So I, I loved Japan. I, I still do stuff in Japan. I hope to sort of go back and do a bit of a stint there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Real and fast. I'm, fast. Yeah. Um, were you able to get go to like black owned businesses in Japan? Say again? Like, uh, were you able to get to go to like black owned businesses in Japan? Not really, not really. I was like, I like I said, my um, yeah, actually, one, but that was with um, 
my family. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're still, uh, we're still counting. We're still counting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, but at least you know he lives in LA now. Is it? He's not my, but he was, you know, um, you know, with someone who was my family, and um, yeah, they, he's a designer, really big. They live in LA now, really successful. Um, but um, in terms of on a music level, um, because the label kind of had were sorting everything, I was kind of with my family or with them, what they, you know, what I did with them. But what's been good about it now is that I've formed a lot of other friendships so that when I go um, again, which I will, because like I said, because of the internet, I haven't had to go. Right. If that um, makes sense. Yeah, but um, but it will be good because I've been able to do a lot of collaborations and stuff from here. Um, but I definitely want to. I am gonna, you know, God willing, go go back and have a, you know, a whole promo tour. You know, maybe link up with Fire or another label again. Mm. That'd be dope to see, man. Keep us definitely keep us well. Yeah, yeah. From motion shenanigans. Um, yeah. right. So last little bits because we'll then move on to your project that's dropping on the same yeah. it'll be the same day that this comes out so yeah. we'll, we'll a little double up with the promotion side but let's i want to explore the, the 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 teaching side before we then just mm. get fully invested in that because yeah i guess it just it's just even more amazing that for someone that's had such a a filled life i think is the best way to put yeah. it like, you know, yeah. like i think that's the best way to really yeah. i can still sort of express it but Hmm. Where did that? Where did the passion for like the teaching, you know, made you actually start to think like, you know, what I want to actually start using the knowledge and things that I've gained, and then helping others do it? Because as we know, a lot of people in the industry they do what they do. If you know me, I might help you. If you don't, you don't. What yeah, encouraged yeah. you to take those steps, and how's teaching been for you? Um, I think that teaching came uh as naturally as everything else came in a way because um it started through doing music workshops and stuff like that and um then that sort of developed into me going into sort of charities and different companies um that were teaching accredited um qualifications wow. and then to do that i needed to do teacher training and you know so it kind of developed and then I was running my own sort of workshop stuff as well and that's why I've, I've kind of uh, right I've got my own company Dr Sound now because I, again I, for me I've seen the gaps in those years of teaching so it, it kind of developed into sort of com from community into further education and then when I got into further education and stuff I needed to do the um, teacher training and then obviously as I've sort of got into uh, doing that I'm also in touch with the community um just on a on a social level but also once you start sort of teaching um you uh you know I taught mainly in areas you know suffering from deprivation so then you're you're you know but in that there is a lot of those who will in, engage in education uh, come um to do music performance or you know learn about how to produce or whatever whatever and they probably didn't engage too well with a mainstream education and um and so then they engaged in this so then I kind of um you know when you're teaching them something that you've you know you've done and artist development was something I feel like I lacked 
um it was very I was thrown into you know and it was cool because you develop while you're doing it but I just feel like the industry is because the corporate interest is so um so uh, such a savage it doesn't allow for culture or the production of culture in the way that it happened naturally for um, me and a lot of my friends and even not completely because like I say I feel like the whole in-out type of attitude affected me big time you know and there's a lot of other factors that come into play with that but for me I kind of had a bit a bit of an understanding of that in-out system and sort of wanted to prepare a lot of um some of the really talented producers and singers and rappers that I was around and kind of helping them how to develop as performers, how to speed up. I had to learn quite a lot of things um, about recording that nobody taught me and I had to make my own systems and mechanisms so that I it wasn't taking me like a whole day to record a song or, you know, or so that I didn't feel rubbish after I performed or how um, do I get the best production for myself or blah blah and these are things I had to work out by myself and relative even though I was in quite a, um, a musical area really as a, as a your experience even though there are really the things that are really similar uh, but as a as a, a woman you're you're left to your own devices you're literally there for somebody to use you know what I mean so you're wow. not developed. So uh, producers want you to jump on a song and do uh, uh, not just 16 bar, the whole song and literally have very little respect for you. I've I've experienced a lot of disrespect. Do you know what I mean? Wow. As an MC, I'm talking about good things now, but I generally feel like I have a lot more memory of disrespect. Do you know what I mean? Um, and lack of care once you have passed it. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like, there is, for me, an eagerness to show, to get a lot of artists to to cut a lot of corners that I had to work on myself because this industry hasn't, um, it's not it's not merciful, but also actually help them to be self-sufficient as well um, and let them know that it's okay to do things slowly and it's okay to do things by yourself, partly why I'm just putting out this um, EP on Bandcamp because, you know, I've already made money from it and a good amount from pre-orders. And I would have had to have had like so many streams to earn what I've earned already from something that hasn't come out. Do you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. just, um, so I think, so in terms of teaching people, I just felt like, yeah, it's important. Yeah, exactly. This coming out, um, self-produced um, and mixed and all that stuff. And I guess that, is for me is saying to people actually don't use me stop using me for your stuff mm. do you know what i mean let let i'm a person do i not deserve to be an artist as well and then you'll find for for women particularly black women and particularly dark-skinned black women you are a prop and you are a product to be used by these cool hip-hop bands um mainly white european um to come and give them a dose of blackness and a bit of um social capital and actually um i really and that is a lot of a lot of the young students that i teach they are used as a form of cult of capital to you know bring that black um in a city aesthetic and actually I really am passionate about this is you know again hip-hop has been co-opted and and used you know from the start from the 80s you know not from the 70s perhaps not but 
relatively early on in the 80s as you know so and this wow. is this is something that it's had to fight with a long a lot of the way but actually technology um it's not completely the answer because it has caused problems as well but there are ways that people can prepare themselves for the industry so that inspired me and that made me read and learn a lot and so I guess that as once I did you know I'm actually doing you know um a thesis now on what we're talking about it's probably what I'm going on about it but um also um I lecture in music business as well because I, I really want young people going into the industry to um yeah not um go through some of the things that I went through I had some good times but um even now as somebody who knows and is learning but I've been through a lot of people will still try to act like you're a fool you know what I mean and try and take your money <laughs> do you know what I mean like I literally recently had a back and forth with somebody trying to take my publishing um and I'm like do you think I'm dumb like you're not having my wow. publishing you're not taking most <laughs> of my publishing I wrote the whole song what are you doing you know mm. and literally because I know intellectual property law because I had to through my degree Mm. I literally had the, we went back and forth so many times. And I think a lot of these young people don't know none of these things at all. Why would, I, I wouldn't have even had the confidence to do it if I didn't do the music business the, uh, masters. Do you know what I mean? Mm, mm. So I think for me, I feel like someone said to me once, right? Everyone's getting ripped off, but it's how much you're getting ripped off for. And for me, I just don't think, I think it's, it's for too long, it's been acceptable for, um, uh black and minority um people to ripped off for an art form but also those who have benefited or been part of it so they might not particularly be uh, they might not be black or ethnic they might what they you know white working class who have taken on hip-hop a lot they you know they're getting ripped off as well but mainly we see that they are able to climb up the ranks like professor green did if they want to even if they're from a working class background these black mm. artists are not doing it unless they're being used to reinforce the stereotype that keeps people interested in hip-hop so i think that there's a lot of um that's being stolen from us as hip-hoppers as people innovators and creatives and actually i'm really just passionate about that changing for at least some people mm. that makes sense yeah it does mm. but also just quickly on that because it is obviously mental health awareness month this mm -hmm. May as well <clears throat> And you touched on touched on a lot. Um, and feel yeah. free; you don't have to answer. But it, if, yeah, you know, how? But how did that affect your mental health? Coming, experiencing all of this, you know, coming through, as you said, not like you know, with being black for one, then being a female on top of that. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I've even heard in the industry that some people will just get like singers to jump on a beat and won't even give put the singers' names on it, just so, yeah, yeah. so that they can get those vocals and just be like, yeah, cool. Well. Yeah, yeah, that's the reason why sometimes you never know who the singer is on certain tracks. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing is, you are you are you are um conditioned to think that's okay. You know, like mm -hmm. I remember, you know, when I first started out being in like Metropolis Studio, a massive studio, and being with like a big exec now, and them like, oh yeah, we'll get someone, and they would talk about a song, and it was like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll get someone a song, be a singer, but but no one will know who she is. Don't worry. Like, but I'm like, okay, cool, yeah, good. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? And they're talking to me about my song and they're like, yeah, we'll get a cigar and, you know, don't worry, no one will know who she is. And 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 I was being conditioned, like, as a young person, like, oh, okay, cool, because that means more thing for me. And I was like, why is that? 
not only obviously then I was so young I didn't really know um but I think that it, it does affect I think at the time because you are so involved in what is seen as um a culture that um everyone wants a piece of I was still getting opportunities but what happens when the new people come you are you know you're sort of then if you've not blown in this little one-year gap or two-year gap that radio is supposed to have played your record then you know that's it and I think it 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 poor mental health for musicians are is it's a common thing you know what I mean like um my uh lecturer my senior senior lecturer um Sally Ann Gross um and George Musgrove they've written a book can music make you sick and it's a well overdue book they started they did a study um Westminster Uni and then they um studied and they went through like 2000 musicians and blah blah and actually you know it's a massive problem everyone knows it people see people online going off because the way it's it's a um the same way capitalism affects every other industry affects the music industry and what it does it affects so for me i i yes i went into teaching and i found a way to um use my knowledge but actually it wasn't oh because i love it it was because actually apart from being the talent there was no other place for me do you know what i mean in the industry when there actually should be i absolutely i'm a dj i'm I'm a creative i'm you know i write I mean, there absolutely should be a place for me, but actually the music industry, the way it's set up, it's set up for middle-class white men and then women after that, do you know what I mean? And so what happens, and and then they, you know, and I'm not saying these people aren't fans of the culture genuinely and blah, blah, but their, their position in this life puts them above people who have also knowledge and talent, do you know what I mean? So actually it messes with you and it's only now sort of understanding and studying which is where I can make peace with it and just do the things that I want to do um do set up my company do my teaching I don't have to be a slave to the system I don't have to put out music on um all these platforms until I want to I don't have to put out a record every two years if unless I want to I don't have to do that I like reading I like writing I like do you know what I mean I Mm. like um studying I like making documentaries I like you know coming up with new business ideas with my friend we're doing it you know and so I think that that for me the sort of knowledge that I can shape my own life and I guess education has done that for me is quite is quite important like um but to answer your question it um I've had a I, I wouldn't say I mean I've seen people affect people really bad I know that you know shocker um has been quite um you know been quite open about his um uh. mental health problems and then obviously there's quite a lot of people and like I say if you speak to my friends they'll you know I'll go through highs and lows um but you probably couldn't see that on the outside it'd probably be the people closest to me but yeah it's, it makes you it takes away your self-worth it, it, it the the gatekeepers who literally are not even from the scene probably moved down from some countryside to you know um and now suddenly they are treating you like rubbish because now in the scene that they are you know uh looking at they don't see anybody rating you so their behavior mm. is really vile actually do you know what i mean and then uh, of course and in in terms of 
when we talk about producers and artists, you know, producers and managers and the way that they speak to you is horrendous, you know. Um, I had one producer who, you know, wanted me to own vocal a whole EP, like a whole 10 songs for like £700. I said, who do you think I am? Wow. Who do you think I am? And then the manager was getting proper rude to me, like... Wow. Um, and then I so, and then I remember what I did one of the songs for a really small sum. I said, no, I'll do one song. And then they were like acting like I was going to steal the money, send the thing. I sent them the, you know, I sent them the thing and said, cool, can you pay the money? And they were playing this back and forth for some small, small money, you know. And then they, wow. and they were like, oh, leave it. And I was just like, do you know what? This person is not getting this song and they're not getting my money. And so from now, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know what? It's not it's not a thing of I'm not gonna be a slave to anybody um and allow them to use my voice for everything. Because like if you see a lot of the stuff online, I've got people millions of views on their songs, but on mine you'll you'll see like twenty thousand because you know what? They put all the money into their songs and what they do and then when it comes to me, they ain't got no interest. I've worked with international artists, but actually when I'm doing my things, they pay no attention. But when it's for me mm. to make them look good, they want me all over everything, you know? Yeah. So it's got, it got to a point where that's why I stopped doing music because I said, no, until I'm putting out and producing my own stuff and making things happen the way I want it to happen, I'm not putting stuff out because I'm not going to be anybody's mule anymore, you know? And that tends to be how women and black women are treated as vocalists as rappers unless you are the person of the moment don't get me wrong i was the person of the moment and everybody oh. was treating me nice when i was the person of the moment do you know what i'm saying <laughs> when i was at glastonbury and on Ray and, and bbc radio one's list and blah blah, blah. certain producers and people like that, they don't even talk to me now they look at me like i'm dirt but this is what i'm saying people but because people have been able to treat black women like that nobody oh. sticks up for us that's the way people the industry guests within our scene treat black women badly because they think oh well no one else who we're rating is saying your name so we we don't even have to treat you with respect do you know what i mean and so this is why uh, i really do you know what i'm saying these are the things i've had to experience these things i not just i experience i know many people experience it and you know not just women um not just black women but obviously we are in people's eyes at the bottom of the pile. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So actually when I was in, when I was in, yeah, it was amazing. But when I was out, you know, the you, the disrespect is actually amazing, you know. So that is something that I'm passionate about not happening to me or anybody around me that I know. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, yeah where, keep it heavy. Yeah, no, it is, but that's, that's the reason why I asked it. And thank you for your honesty on the mm -hmm. back of it as yeah. well, because this is this is the like I said on episode three, which we dropped. Talk is cheap, and that's mm -hmm. one of the things that because I have my little, I do my little juju rants. Um, yeah. And one of them is that literally how much talk means nothing. I've it's got to such a point with me now where I'm, I'm literally fed up. What what can we actually start to do? How do we start getting the balls a ball moving? Which you've you know you've touched on already that these are things that you want people to be aware of, um, mm. and even in a sense through education and how to. I mean, you're doing the most. Let's just be honest. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. From doing Thank what you, you're man. doing, but yeah. I can. All I can really do is just give you your fruits and um, give you soup and flowers. Fruits. Same way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, man. Fruits. Yeah, fruits. We'll give you fruits, <laughs> soups, and flowers. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, I'm still learning, and there's more. There's more that I 
seek to do and as I was saying to Ish earlier like I feel that musically I have not put out what I know is inside of me so hopefully moving forward as well as the other things that I'm doing in my own time <laughs> I'll put out what I feel like has you, not yeah. come out yet and that's absolutely amazing so yeah. thanks thanks very much for that now on to this project um listen to it yeah. quite yeah. a bit actually to be honest with you four tracks oh, but yeah, uh, yeah first first of all pu pulling it down yeah for, for real for real the way you've Thank articulated the stories literally yeah, just yeah. reflects you know art does art imitate life or life imitate art well in this case yeah it yeah, does yeah. Both. yeah yeah um but i like the way that you've used the the literally the sounds of london there's so many familiar yeah. sounds that yeah, literally yeah, trigger yeah. up from the 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 voiceover on the train yeah, yeah, to yeah, just yeah. the hustle and bustle to the sounds of the markets and that like yeah. but from where i kind of understand that this is one and you've mentioned as well this is one and then there's going to be several after this so yeah yeah break down well break down the magic man for real tell us about it yeah so i think for me it was just the the starting process of me kind of uh I, I call it a kind of biography because you know with biographies you expect people to kind of get deep and but it probably talked more about the things we were talking about but i was more i'm more trying to introduce people to my surroundings and um and then build on that as i go along um each small project and each small project is obviously going to build into a big project and i think mm. um it's more me using it as a training ground um i've got like um some stuff coming out quite soon as well with um i don't know if you've heard a song i did a song with a guy called corral um mm. um it's called laid back um and that came out on melting pop um, a German label and he's a Italian producer and so we've done an EP and that's ready to go soon and um yeah yeah ma, yeah. Ma, ma, ma. <laughs> yeah 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 I mean I mean yeah it's done it's done but we're just we've we're he's just put out a, a joint album with somebody else um you know I'm sort of warm I was kind of like okay I've got this time but while his thing's coming out I'm gonna put out a little projects but while we're waiting for our project to come out and i think it's more a training ground for me and the next one i've started working on the next one it sounds even better and so it's just training for me basically training oh. um I, I got people jumping in my inbox all the time for me to jump on their songs but i'm sort of fed up of being everybody's mule you know what i mean and if oh. it me and, and i think the temptation is that you take the you know the producers are sick they're good and you know and i think the problem for me is i produce but i spent a lot of time not um jumping on my own stuff simply because i've mastered the art of rapping and i'm around really sick producers you know um definitely more advanced than i am but then am i going to keep doing that do you know what i mean um yeah. and you don't sort of develop until you start putting out your own stuff listening back to it kind of getting the responses then doing a bit more and it, like i say the next ones are even sounding even better and so um so i think it's more just for me to tell the story and that i want to tell it and as as i learn and grow the music um will keep on developing i can integrate what i want like a lot of the skits that were on this um small project i wanted them on my album but the producer didn't really know how to fit them in and that's no disrespect to him but he's not from london do you know what i mean mm. so he doesn't get why it fits he doesn't know and i i tend to a lot of the producers that sort of want to work with me um a, a lot of um europe a lot from europe quite a lot international from the states as well and stuff like that so as well all of that 
amazing it's not got that london sound and i'm very london do you know what i mean um and it's but yet you you can't hear that very much in my music because a lot of the time what ascribes to london is grime especially east london so even when to yeah. but a lot of the hip-hop some the hip-hop producers there you know there is a you know a whole jazzy hip-hop sound that i love but it doesn't completely capture the london sound um mm. So, yeah, I think that was that is me sort of developing as a, like I like artwork. I like art. I've got my platform art to art, heart to art. And so I teach music production. And so I was just like, you know what? It's kind of like music is the thing. I enjoy doing music now. I enjoy art. I enjoy creating films. I enjoy making um, using Photoshop. So now on my terms, now I have a job. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do music on my terms, do you know what I mean? Um, so I've turned down quite a lot from, you know, really good producers, but it's my time now, um, and that, that's simply it, really. Uh, that is seriously, though. Yeah, yeah. And why not? I can I can do the things, so why not? Why am I... Yes, uh, I get it. They're really good, but actually, how am I going to get really good if I just always, you know what I mean? do everybody else's stuff so you know and, and there's stuff in between don't get me wrong there's stuff mm. like i'm doing with other people it's not like i'm not going to work with other people but my I, i'm just it's just timing wise um i'm i'm a bit more strategic now do you know what i mean before it was for the mm. love but it can't be for the love anymore because everybody's benefiting apart from me do you know what i mean funny enough you saying that because that's exactly where i've come to or got to at this yeah. point um yeah. with everything that i'm doing high creativity wise but well obviously we can talk more about that offline but any any advice that i could really get from you i know you're quite busy at the moment but if you can spare any just that would be a massive help towards the kind of things because as everyone who knows me well with what this to you circle, yeah because i do graphic but design you see but that's how it works you can see that guys once again this is all oh, this relationship this is, this is how information is exchanged so no jay i need your help it's like okay you know what well we'll talk well let's just get this thing together yeah 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 okay that's that's amazing. Yeah, cool i was like he's asking me like my man like i should be asking you even in my head i was thinking yeah i've got to ask him for something later <laughs> by all means so that's what i'm yeah, here for yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i got a quick question i'm into art too i love art talk about the symbolic of the statue in the um in the documentary yeah kind cool. of so, sorry, yeah 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 exactly so um the statue in it she's called the draped woman but um local people in the area that i live in um east london in the borough called tower hamlets and it's called stepney um she used to sit and so locals called her old flow we used to play on her meet each other there just she was just you know she was in a stiffer estate so it was kind of it was it was you know what i mean it was it was declining is a kind word <laughs> estate um, but it was right by the park where i used to play football everything was in a like a contained space so there'd be like these there was these three buildings massive buildings old flow was in the middle and then we had the field one field behind where we play football do you know what i mean so oh, it was right. all kind of in a certain air it was all in the same area and so um we the statue it was for me in, including our flow was a bit symbolic because i just remember just sort of going you know to canary wharf 
where we used to go, like when we used to bunk off school, we used to yeah. take the DLR as a trip, you know, when we used to yeah. ride around <laughs> his luggage yeah. on the DLR. Like, there's no drama. There's no drama. Can you believe me? <laughs> I mean, and then we used to take the DLR to like um Canary Wharf and run around and the security guards used to chase us and stuff. Um, <laughs> and they'd be like, because we'd be in school uniform. So <laughs> and that when the was be, real. Yeah, and we used to get up though I didn't bunk off loads because my school was a mat it was a bad school so it was more fun in there because we didn't do any work however right. the, the odd time that i did bunk off we used to go to canary wharf and run around and get chased but we'll be we were in school uniform so they knew we should be in school and it was school times so i don't know we'd be like well, how do they know <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah and so but Again, that was a sort of our life. And then the old flow was um sold the stiff estate was um demolished in nineteen ninety-eight and it was um shipped off to Yorkshire. I think that was where Henry Moore was, and this statue was sort of given to sold bought by the London County Council. And it was it was basically given as a something to look at because it's you know this is a, it was a very derelict area and it was a very poor area anyway but after the war it was even you know mm. worse so this that this um uh, henry moore kind of gave of they were a few of them were commissioned and were put in different estates to kind of give bring a bit of joy bring, bring a bit of something you know yeah. um artistic because like i say there wasn't, you know, like I say, football and music for us later on. But it, in those times, it wasn't really. So I guess they were trying to bring art and culture. Um, and so Henry Moore sold it for like £7,000. Anyway, I'm getting a bit deep into the story. But then it got shipped off to Yorkshire. And then after it was shipped off to Yorkshire, which is where he's from, they tried to sell it. Because at the time when he sold it, it was like £7,000. But then now it's worth £80 million. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, obviously, of course, now, now everyone wants to know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I find it I find it interesting because yeah. I kind of see a symbolism with you as an artist and yeah. people see you as an attraction instead yeah. of to know you as the person. You get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's another way. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Because even some people, because some of us don't even know what she was as well. It was just that she was the only bit of art in Stepney. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um... <laughs> yeah, the kind of remind me. I don't know if you remember this woman in history. Her name was uh Sandra Bartman. They called no. her Black Phoenix. Um, yeah, I've heard 1800s, the name, but I can't lie and say I know loads. Yeah, in the early 1800s, uh, she yeah. was a, a, a really, really chic. A uh, black woman and um, brought to London. Oh yeah, I do know. Yeah, put in the. She became a side attraction. And they yes, do, like, yes, I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's quite a lot of pictures of her. Yeah. yeah. And I got that same vibe to it. That statue, almost. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, I know the picture. It's quite. I've seen the picture. Quite. It's quite uh, around the internet. Quite a lot. I think that. I think that. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. It. it it does, in a way, relate. I, I mean, I was more seeing it from a social action type of thing, whereas, like, she'd been moved out of... She was created for an area that didn't have anything anyway, and now she's worth something, like the sort of the gentrification of East London. Now it's, like, mm. really cool to live in East London, but yeah. all of the people coming to gentrify East London, yeah. they don't interact with the people from East London. It's literally mm -hmm. just to say, we live here. If you know, look at you, like, you shouldn't even be here. 
Do you know what I mean? And um, so it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like that. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so there was that of, okay, is this one nice thing in this poor, the poorest area has now been taken to the financial district, which is a big symbol of inequality. As you know, Tower Hamlets is, yeah. you know, they've built the financial district in literally the poorest area and it takes the mix. You like, and for us, for us, it was a choice to go and run around it. But it was a life that wasn't accessible to any of us. It was just, we just saw rich people, but it was nothing to do with us. There was no way for us to get into that life and it was nothing to do with us. And yet the one thing that we had, you've taken it and you've mm. put it now there for you oh to keep it safe but you what about everywhere else you know um so i think that was and so i think everybody from here we kind of talk a lot about sort of gentrification and sort of the um when you walk when you go around canary wharf you just would never believe it's in the poorest borough in the country when i think about the way that i grew up and a lot of the people mm. that i grew up and a lot how how a lot of the people are still living now do you know what i mean mm. um and like i say my friend is a um a primary school teacher in one of those local schools here and you know it's really distressing how a lot of um these young kids are living and obviously i know as well from i mean i worked more i did work in hackney for a bit but i worked in north london as well and i just think to myself it's you know for it's a sort of social justice is a big thing for a lot of people especially when they've come from deprived areas so I sort of wanted to reflect that in the in the EP in in a very personal way in the way you know this is where we sat and then actually yeah looking at it in that way um you know in terms of people looking at her and you know not really appreciate you know for what she was because she was meant to represent somebody resting after you know working hard um mm. during the war you know so that's what her the symbolism of her was you know and yeah I guess people don't really see our hard work if you want to look at it like that right. do you know what I mean people don't see our right. hard work we're just here for 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 decorations do you know what I mean yeah <laughs> yeah but it's like it's definitely what you're saying because we've started to notice that quite a lot um here in West especially with carnival love carnival yeah I've, yeah I've got, oh yeah my, my one of my lines is carnival is my xmas that's how much I like I love carnival yeah that's, yeah yeah, yeah. That's my, my life i'm not gonna lie to you but now when you've got the people up in notting hill since the gentrification has happened and the prices of the properties have gone up they're now saying yeah we don't want to have it why don't you guys have it in the park but it's like you moved yeah, to this yeah, area yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> knowing that once a year for these two for these to this weekend we are going yeah. to, we're going to road march and we're going to yeah. fit that's what we're yeah. here to do. Yeah, 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 right? exactly. You knew that. You knew that. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I went to the last, the carnival before the um thingy. I was sad, to be honest. Obviously, everyone's trying to make the most of it, but I just couldn't take all of them. Because I understand there's always been drink and blah, blah, blah. But I just felt like people were getting white boy wasted. Do you know what I mean? At carnival, it wasn't this, like, just, just, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> screaming yeah. and shouting. Like, people were danced <laughs> before. And I was like, come on, this is not the pub, like behave like yeah this is treating carnival like the pub like i just i didn't like it man oh no no but yeah you're definitely i'm not gonna lie i think it's just now in a sense of where you when it comes to the kind of carnival it's because there's been so much negative connotations around it and obviously a lot of cases of bangs using it as their kind of well um should we say equal grounds or you know that's not in each other's kind of task to start things but that's, 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 that's but that's what that's but that's but this is a problem it is on it's a myth 
it's it isn't it isn't and so i'll say it, it does happen because if i've gone to rampage like listen to this literally rampage and what we usually do we kind of near where the back and the pathway that people go 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 through the amount of people that go through there that we've seen with like literally cutlasses holding out yeah, whilst working okay, through this... i'm not i'm not broadcasting like it happens to the the the, the yeah. overpopulation of it all but i'm saying it it, it, it does happen from from here to here to there. Yeah, but that's like London, and you've got to understand this is a deprived. You know, these are people from deprived communities all coming together. I think it's it's mm. it's it's um, over exaggerated for one because when you think about the number of arrests and drugs and fights that go on at major festivals, um, yeah. like it doesn't even compare. But actually, let's just be real. It's the blackness that have made people focus on the violence that takes place, which is nothing. But for the numbers that are at, for the numbers and for the fact that it is in an urban area, and I, when I say mm. urban, I don't mean to mean black. I mean urban as in built up area in a city, mainly poverty-stricken communities coming together. Like you know, where you see poverty, you see crime, right? So that is going to be the case. Right when you when people are coming from these impoverished communities into one space, you're going to have some sort of a clash. However, even those clashes are not nothing compared to sort of the drugs and the violence that goes on. I know because I had to study this, at, you you know, at UK mm, festivals. Mm. But actually, there is there is a history in this country of demonising, as we all know, the six nine six form, which um um yeah. shut down grime in the late yeah. mid two thousand. So I'm not trying to say there is what there is what what I'm saying is when you watch police camera camera action right on Friday yeah. nights with all them police, do you who do you see? Yeah. Boys in Essex, boys in yeah. Essex. You don't see it's you do you see them fighting, pulling each other, smashing bottles over each other's head. When people watch it and laugh and call it entertainment, you see one is why because they're out on Friday night and they're drinking. That happens, mm. right? When you're watching those problem programs, you don't see black people. You see people getting white boy wasted. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. And it's funny. It's entertainment. Right. Yeah. You get that environment now. You're taking that to the carnival. Yes, you're going to see similar things, but it's specifically there. No, it's all over oh. the country. Every Friday and Saturday night. And actually at events with, that what, 2.1.2 million or whatever, that oh. that sort of violent the violence that's there and the it's not comparable so we've got to look at what are the reasons that there that um violence is such Gets a highlighted, big yeah. top highlighted there mm -hmm. and nowhere else and it actually is in line with all of the um criminalization of black music in the uk now I, when i say black music i know other ethnicities and races participate in black music but so especially in working class communities because there's an affinity we're all mm -hmm. oppressed in some way or shape or form and we mm -hmm. and we relate to this music and can it and this music now um makes us feel like we belong do you know what mm -hmm. i mean so it's become the music of the uh, the the oppressed do you know what i mean <laughs> and which black music has always been but yeah. there are definite issues that are different well, you know, um, that yeah. the permeate is it's about its proximity to blackness. Do you know what I mean? 
um the the association with blackness and the Notting Hill Carnival like same same with jazz you know when soldiers brought over jazz there were people you know they were like oh well this music is making them dance <laughs> isn't it funny the way they're dancing is too hard they're causing trouble they're vulgar they're they're doing vulgar dance moves mm. they they're outside making noise they're da, 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 da. I mean you look literally through any sort of historic British history book about black music from the 40s or even from the early 1900s there's always issues do you know what I mean so for me this is just following a tradition so I I don't I I even used to buy into that oh not mm. if it was violent because that's what I was told when, when I started looking I was like it's no violent than anywhere else in Britain or anything else in with that number do you know what I mean I go I, I make an effort so there's only probably about a few years that I haven't ever gone to carnival by choice I mean um, mm. Otherwise, it's over another design. But I have prayed for as long as I can remember of being just even a small kid, because that experience is like none other. Having all of that bass ripped, like just channeling mm. through you, and everybody just having fun. That's where I was just like, yeah, this is where I knew that music is it. Like that's this is definitely going to be a Second part of my to life, learn, man. Second to um, learn, yeah, exactly. And I've gone, I've I've gone every year, and that's what I said. When I ever hear, oh, Notting Hill Carnival is so violent, and this is why I only mention it because it ties into the whole helping the yeah, 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 side of things. But I mean, like I said, I've been there, and I've never got into a fight with anyone. Do I ever plan to get into a fight with anyone? I go there to have fun. That's what, what the whole purpose is. I'm here to chill with everyone. We're here. It's a it's a free street for a party. What more can you mm. ask for? Because like you just said about festivals and events, you have to pay and sometimes a really a lot to go to these events and such. But this is just a street party where we're just all out here to do for you. And we're yeah. here to be a community. Yeah, when you and you, like you say, you know, you've got to ask as well. There is, there becomes a part of like, when I think about myself and being like, oh, I don't want nothing to happen to me. I bought into that because that's what you see in the news that's what people say and you know people then start to behave how they're expected to behave as well because there has there's an element of sometimes the only time let's say um young working class boys of any race feel that they are sort of sensationalized or fetishized is when they're playing up to a stereotype do you know what i mean mm. so if everybody believes that that's what it's going to be and they want to be viewed as a hard man <laughs> there will be a few people who want to play up to that and this is the big stage do you know what i'm saying so yeah. there are a lot of things in play into play and 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 there's you know again being around sort of music executives and stuff like that and hearing them saying oh yeah we want them to be like real on the street and i just want to conk them in their head because i'm like you know that that's their life yeah. you know and yeah. don't act like oh like it's something nobody knows about you know black mm. music and black boys particularly have been sensationalized and they the darker the more gangster the more street they are the more the better for them to seem authentic so there's that that all of that in play as well. Do you know what I mean? In terms of when things do happen, <laughs> there's all that as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you know what? I, um, I could literally do this for for probably a yeah. Sorry, yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's fine. I love. I, that's why I like doing these podcasts because it's is more. Get into it. Yeah, and you've got so much to give, and I'm just so happy that this yeah. connection has now yeah. been made. So please, yeah, by all let's means, talk again I'm, as well when, yeah, when the next project comes yeah. out and. 
we'll why even before that if you just want to just come and chat and just come chop it up with us on a Sunday yeah, for yeah, a little yeah. bit because whenever yeah, you yeah. got a second out of your busy schedule just come jump yeah, on for yeah, a yeah. Well, oh, talk about everything we talk about everything so plug oh, yourself yeah all right cool so um a kind of biography in that little corner over there um out on friday um four tracks produced by me um and then following that i will be dropping some tracks with um yeah lorenzo uh aka corral so that's another ep on the way after that so just sort of getting the mood and after like i say this is a, a line of sort of I don't like I say I don't feel like what's out represents me, but the good thing is I feel like it's coming, it's all in the laptop and it's on its yeah. way. It's you know what I mean. <laughs> so yeah. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely. And so thank you once again for joining yeah. us on yeah. this Tuesday evening. So ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, is- no, thanks for having me. It's been a good it's really good actually to be on a podcast where you're you're not rushing, you're actually talking about stuff you want to talk about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Big up to you guys, man. Thank you. Wow, I enjoyed this. For real. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Like I said, Joe's welcome back. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the No Name podcast. We've been joined by Aisata. Sheriff, Sheriff, yeah, Sheriff, it's Sheriff. I like the Sheriff because kind of, I'll give it a little, yeah. little double F. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's but, yes. yeah. So, um, remember, like, comment, subscribe. Yeah. We'll be back with you before again. You, before, you, before you go, man. We're not the No Name Podcast. We're High Criteria. Did I say No Name Podcast? Did, did yes, that what did. come up? It did. Right, it so did. this is the problem. We were known as a No Name Podcast for a bit, <laughs> and now we're the High Creativity Podcast. Look, it goes to it goes to show. It's blending together. I'll get it together, people. <laughs> oh, I, I, I actually thought it was No Name Podcast. I actually thought that's what we were on. Yeah, 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 no, right. yeah it's the High. We now changed to the High Creativity Podcast just be, because there was other No Name Podcasts and other bits and bobs, and I was just oh, like, okay, we're cool. like, okay. Let's just live in this barrier, this bubble, and we'll go from here. So, yeah, another episode of the High Creativity Podcast. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace, love, and all that good stuff. Peace. Thank you for having me. Always.